Well, 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 the over the top boys are back after what feels like ages. Justin, I think we could use some backup for when our travels don't line up with the marathon that is the Premier League schedule. I'm Kyle. I'm back from New York City. It's over the top. Match week 13 to 15 medley, are we calling it? I've got Justin here. How you doing, man? Medley is the word. We could call it whatever we want, but it's good to be back. I feel like a a lot and not a lot has happened at the same time. Honestly, like is that there are new coaches, there are different results all the same, but is there really that much different with the table and the storylines than we expected from the last three weeks? Probably not. Yeah, three match weeks, a lot of matches. It's all crammed. But have we really learned a lot of new about any of these teams? Probably not. The most interesting story has got to be Manchester United for obvious reasons. But um, yeah, actually not that much has happened. In one of these match weeks, we talked about not having a pod because it was so uneventful. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I think the one where <laughs> yeah. I think I think the one where uh, uh, the first game after Ollie was sacked, the one where Spurs Burnley was called off. There just nothing happened. Oh, nothing happened. Yeah. So we've been traveling, Kyle. You know, you're jet setting off to New York City. Yep. I had something going on too. I can't remember what it is. Probably nothing is fun. Wedding stuff. Anywhere. Yeah, maybe. I think uh, what we have to do to open the show off, I think, is. I was talking about candy the other day as I'm sitting here eating Sour Patch Kids. Is chocolate candy? No. No? I would argue no. No? Why do you think so? Like, what do you, what do you think a candy bar is? Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know why I'm equating, like, milk and sugar to something different than, like, hard candy. Uh-huh. But there's no reason or logic to it. And it probably is candy. Let's be honest. Is Manchester United good? what what, what is happening it's the same question right like you know you could Uh, argue it both ways and now (laughs) they have a new coach ralph rognick right the father yeah that one blew your mind (laughs) did not expect expect that locomotive moscow he comes over uh that being his last job comes over to interim manage at least through the end of the season and i believe me correct me if i'm wrong there is some sort of consulting arrangement after the season that guarantees he will stay on at manchester united for a certain amount of time so he has a little more skin in the game so he's invested in the success and you know the transfer window that they have coming up in january and etc First of all, overall, what are your thoughts on the hire? And, you know, going from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to Michael Carrick, who resigned, and now you have Ralph Rognick. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems very, very left field on the surface. I'm actually, I'm actually very intrigued. Okay. I'm very intrigued by this hire. I think um, you might hear Poncho, my dog, in the background drinking some water. I'm not really sure. But um, maybe some beers cracking as we get into this. Oh, yeah. This is a live podcast, by the way. We, in person. That's right. First one in over a year, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think so interesting time to do with Omicron and whatnot. But um, I mean, we're both vaccinated, so I feel good about it. But Ralph Ragnick. Yeah, I'm intrigued because he really doesn't have that much recent managerial experience. He's only, my understanding is he's only been in Germany for much of his career. Um, I would say he's more of a sporting director than a manager. And that isn't to take away from the job that he's done at different clubs. I'm intrigued though, because first of all, 
Klopp and Thomas Tuchel are his protégés. Mm-hmm. Like the whole Gegen pressing is, I think, what they call it. The they heavy do. metal pressing football thing. That is Ragnick's MO. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like the godfather of that. Kind of like Pep is the godfather of Tiki Taka. And I'm intrigued by how he does in the Premier League. And he's got some serious clout as far as that goes. He also built up, uh, I believe he's the one who built up RB uh, Leipzig. RB Leipzig, yes. From the bottom up. Um, both as a coach, but more as a sporting director. So I think besides Ragnick, Leipzig has only had, uh, who's the young guy who's at Bayern? They just, they just got Nagelsmann. Nagelsmann. Yeah. Ragnick was there before Nagelsmann. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Southampton's manager, uh, Hassan Hassan Hudel, was yeah. their coach for a while. And before then Ragnick again. Yeah. Ragnick's had two stints there. Yeah, yeah. So and he also has done all the good work at Salzburg, the other Red Bull club. I did. I only recently found out he was the sporting director at Schalke when they were when they were on good form and had all the good young players coming up, like Ozil and players like that. So I'm intrigued. I don't know. I don't really know what to make of it. I don't know which direction it'll go, but I think the consulting role thing actually fits him pretty well with the sporting director thing. So. I'm intrigued, Justin. So am I. And I think there's this narrative out there that we need to squash like a bug about how Cristiano Ronaldo doesn't fit his system and where is he going to play, yada, yada, yada. You've heard this, right? Oh, yeah. Bullshit. It is. You, you find room for the guy that has honestly saved your bacon in all of the Champions League games and made you to the, lo- to the knockout stages. Like They'll find room for him. He'll incorporate, he's smart enough to know that he's scoring the majority of the goals, uh, timely goals, I should say, for Manchester United right now. So we'll squash that rumor. It'll be interesting to see how they line up, though, with do they stick with the 4-2-3-1 and playing in McTominay and Fred and Matic? Do they switch it up and go a little heavy metal. Does Van de Beek play a little more? Van de Beek play a yeah. little more. So yeah. that's the, I think those are the storylines to watch. But as far as the day-in, day-out players, I don't, I don't think a lot changes. Yeah. The, the style of play will change, but I don't know if oh, the yeah. players change a lot. And it was almost like in the first game where he was – you saw a little bit of it uh, two match weeks ago. I can't even remember who they played at this point. But this last match, when he was actually on the sidelines. On the sideline, yeah, for the first There's time. stylistically, you know, to mix success. I don't think they were great against Palace. They scraped by 1-0. Mm-hmm. But the team shape and just how they pressed almost immediately, so, so different. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. He almost played incredibly narrow. It was kind of like a 4 2 2 2 It was really strange. Yep. Like, but it kind of... It, they wanted to flood the middle, and it kind of worked. I mean, even though they struggled and kind of scraped by Palace, I thought they dominated the game. I mean, they did, right? I mean, they had 61% possession. They had 16 shots. I mean, 15 chances created, the whole thing, right? You could go on and on. So, like, you know, we've talked about possession and how that's not an indicator of game success, as you should say. But they, they did play better than Palace in this game, for sure. So yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how things develop uh, for Ralph at Manchester United. I think the Ronaldo thing is complete BS, which we addressed. Oh, I think Ronaldo's already quashed that. I he um, where was in the Champions League where he scored multiple goals. Yeah, I mean, I don't yeah. know if it was a full Ragnick, but you got to also keep in mind this. 
I know him and Messi like don't press a lot because they don't have to because they're Ronaldo and Messi. But as a 36-year-old, Ronaldo is definitely fit enough. Oh, yeah. That guy is a machine. <laughs> I mean, honestly, look at if him. any 36-year-old is going to be fit enough to press, and he's one thing I'll give Ronaldo for is over Messi, even though I'm kind of team Messi on this discussion, but Ronaldo is really, he's changed his style multiple times yeah. over the course of his career. So why can he not be a pressing striker? Sure. Seriously. Yeah, Messi's actually getting a lot of flack in Paris right now for not tracking back enough. But I mean, what do you expect? I mean, he's Lionel Messi. like you know. Where was that criticism of Mbappe uh, and Neymar yeah, for yeah, many, yeah. many, I mean, many Mbappe years? Mbappe and Neymar, same thing. So let's not get carried away. So that's one interesting. Oh, lastly, what I wanted to bring up with you. Um, remember our good old boy, Milk Tits? Oh, yeah. Luke yeah. Shaw. He seems like he's kind of falling out of favor. With- yeah. So Ralph Ragnick, a couple of years ago, before he was manager at Manchester United, said, Ralph, uh, Luke Shaw is not a quality left back. Do you think Luke Shaw remembers that and puts that on the, in his locker? <laughs> Well, it seems like Ragnick has not forgotten about that, honestly, because I <laughs> yeah. think I've seen Alex Te- Alex Teas more than I've ever seen him. Ever man. seen him at Manchester United? Um, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I did hear that. Um, it also seems like Aaron Wambasaka is not also playing as much either. And uh, Fred's, I, I haven't seen him play the last couple games either. Fred played against uh, Crystal, playing. and he played pretty well. He got he was the one who got the goal, right? Yes, uh, a nice. Really nice goal with his right foot of, of all mm-hmm. of all people. Didn't see that coming. Fred. I, I would actually see Van de Beek playing a lot more as well. Like a pressing, all action, possessed base midfielder. I feel like they kind of need that. Um I don't know. He might he might just get pissed and throw gum at the pitch again. That's true. It's true. Uh but I uh you know, I was skeptical when I was reading that Ed Woodward was gonna be part of this decision. And when I read that Ragnick is going to essentially become part of the board, I that can only mean good things moving forward because that's the crux of the issue for me. Oh, I mean, absolutely. That like the board still there. Yeah, Edward Ward, though. By the way, how? Anyway, seriously, let's get to the table a little bit because you know we have missed a few weeks here on the pod doing a couple things here and there. Match week fifteen. You know, not a lot has changed necessarily since we've last done the podcast, but. I think we're seeing some things start to play out like we thought they would. And starting at the top, we have City, Liverpool, and Chelsea all within each, like, two points, one point of each other. I think this is exactly what we expected, right? Those three are starting to pull away and separate, and you look at their goal difference, their expected goals, all the different metrics, and they're blowing other teams out of the water. I swear, every time I watch Liverpool, they win, like, three or four to nil. not kidding. Like, they're just blowing teams away. So. I mean, do you have a favorite out of those three after watching? I mean, they've all had their different slip-ups. Most recently, Chelsea just lost to West Ham. West Ham's beaten, I think, Liverpool and Chelsea this year, so good for them. Yeah. yeah. But what what do you make of these three teams? Do you think there's one that separates? Do you think they'll be, you know, close neck and neck throughout the season? What are your what's your take? I I don't. I don't have I mean, before the season started when they uh when Chelsea made that Lukaku purchase, I picked Chelsea mm-hmm. by the slimmest of margins over City, right? Cuz I, I think I had City. Right. Yeah. I didn't expect Liverpool to sort of come back like this and for, you know, one guy in recent month, weeks, Thiago, is finally mm-hmm. looks like he's fitting in
the Liverpool. Mm. He's been the city. Will that become more apparent? Like, will why do you need a striker when you have Bernardo Silva? I was going to say, can they keep on relying on Bernardo Silva? By the way, he's back. He's been unreal, oh, unbelievable. Him and, and Salah have probably been the best players I mean, this season. So them far. two, I don't think it's. I mean, it's, you could argue other, but those two are like the players oh, of the season, right? By for far. me, they're they're up there. But will this lack of a striker for City be an issue? Liverpool look on fire, and they look the most dangerous attacking yeah. wise. But in January and February. The African Cup of Nations is something I keep forgetting mm, about. And I, Salah and Mane, that's, that's going to be a problem. So Seriously. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea, they don't seem to have a problem per se. But, you know, if Lukaku's out, I feel like they might struggle to score goals a little bit. But they didn't really have that problem. And he was out recently. But on some patchy form now. So, no, I don't really have a favorite out of any of those three. And it's kind of hard to pick apart from them. But, honestly, I think there are three of the best teams in the world next to Bayern and PSG on a good day. You know, I, mean, I think that's probably it. This is yeah, seriously, it's wild. Yeah. I, I tend to agree. I think those three are going to stand the test of time. Liverpool. I don't know if I want to call them the most surprising, but I think they surprised me though. Based on expectations where I expected them to be top four, but a little off the pace of Chelsea and city. They've been impressive, man. Just the way they play. They come out flying, pressing people, their goal-scoring ability. I think they have, what, 44 goals this season, by far and away the most in yeah. the Premier League this season. I mean... They definitely have the most firepower. You know, whereas, like, City can, like, completely dominate a team top to bottom. Oh, they can then, win 2-0 and then they'll touch the ball again. Right. right. And then I think Chelsea might have the most balanced squad, maybe mm-hmm. even the deepest squad. Yeah, I mean... So they all, <laughs> yeah. they all have... Their their pros to them, uh, each and every one of them. So it's really hard to pick pick them apart. Liverpool, I mean, probably is the easiest club you could say. Like a player gets injured and they'll fall. Like you take Mohamed Salah off yeah. that team and they're a problem. Yeah, you take KDB off City and they're still going to dominate people. Yeah, as as we've seen, he's been less of a I mean, part of the team. Now. <laughs> yeah, Jack Grealish can't even get a game now. And yeah. Raheem Sterling regarded at not that long ago to be one of the hottest players on planet Earth. Not I won't say best, but one of the most informed players. Yeah. yeah. Struggles to get games sometimes too. I mean, he's had a little more recently, but I mean Riyad Mahrez is a bench player. I mean, yeah. Isn't it amazing? And then even on Chelsea, like I mean, Havertz hasn't been playing that much this season. I mean and Timo Ed, Werner's hit and miss. I mean, he can't score, but he generates a lot of chances. <laughs> it's yeah, it's amazing. Uh, honestly, I'm I can't remember a year when three teams in the Premier League all looked this good at once. You know, I mean, honestly, if I in the if I was in the Champions League, which my team is not, lol, uh, I wouldn't. would They're not in the second tier league, by the no, way. They're not. In they're the not. League. They're not in that either. Uh, but I would not want to play one of the any of the English teams. Let's be honest. No, except for maybe United. You never know. You're going to get. Yeah, I mean, it's a mixed. Speaking of chocolate, right? Like that's just a box <laughs> of chocolates right there. City has a really nice December schedule, by the way. Um, you think of like the hectic December schedules. They play Wolves, Leeds, Newcastle, Leicester, who, by the way, we'll get to in a little bit. They have not been good. And Brentford over that time. Uh, it's a pre- as far as December schedules go, that's pretty mm-hmm. kind. Whereas Liverpool, you know, right before the AFCON, the Africa Cup of Nations, as you mentioned, they play Villa, Newcastle, Tottenham, Leicester, Leeds. Oh, sorry. Uh, Villa, Newcastle, Tottenham, Leeds, Leicester, Chelsea. 
It's a little more difficult, yeah. but they have some cupcakes in there as well. Chelsea's got a pretty easy schedule, though. I'm looking at it right now. Coming, they've got uh, – and keep in mind, Chelsea's been on bad form. Today, as we're recording, they tied Zenit St. Peter's. Bad form is so relative, though, because they lost to West Ham and tied to Zenit. But if you look at their games before that, I think they tied United. But other than that, like they've been pretty good. So it's yeah, like – true. Totally a uh, 4-0 smacking of Juve. They <laughs> right. rolled less. But uh, Chelsea's upcoming games in December, they've got Leeds, Everton, Wolves, Brentford, Aston Villa, and then um, right before New Year's, they've got Brighton. And then on the 2nd of January, they've got Liverpool. So I would say pretty much every single one of those games in December, they should be winning. It's a lot of games, but you think, like, say they have those six games that you mentioned, they should get, like, 15 points from those six games. You would oh, think, yeah, like, five least, wins, right? Least. So, yeah, I mean, it's pretty kind. So, like, you have to wonder, like, what are the teams that have the brutal schedules? Like, now that we're transitioning. So we have a top three, and I think that's tier one. If, if we're separating teams into tiers, that's tier one, and that's where it cuts off, and there's yep. that big gap. And then tier two, you probably have a lot of different teams, and we'll get to these teams. So these are like the West Ham has been the fourth best team, we can yep. say, up until this point. Yeah, right? they haven't. And then you have the Tottenhams of the world. Hey, they're coming up. They're fifth. Look at there. Look at here, Kyle. Game in hand, two points down. Don't get too ahead of yourself. Justin. You got Tottenham Hotspur. 16 goals still, by the way, on the year. How about that? <laughs> Liverpool's like tripled them. Anyway, uh, Manchester United, Arsenal, um, it's hard for me. To, I, I think Leicester's a tier three team this year. I would put those four teams into tier two. Do anyone you want to add before we get into those? Uh, the three London sides and United? Yeah. I would throw Leicester in there just in case. Uh, they're, they're, they're getting to be pretty. Hey. Hey. This is a live pod. It's live, all, baby. So it yeah. Hey. I mean, you. Okay. So say you throw Leicester in there. Five teams. I less ah man, Lester. Hopefully they get better defensively. But okay, so we have all those teams in there. West Ham have been the best to date. I think it's almost impossible to say one team of those four to five has separated themselves. I think it's gonna be a race to race to fifth. I and we have one of our good friends that we're in a group chat with that is an Arsenal fan, and we've mentioned him a few times on this pod, but good friend of the pod. I am skeptical of Arsenal making the run-in to stay with some of these other teams. And I think Arsenal has some really good young players, and they'll be they'll get better over time. I just don't see it this year. I really don't. I think they're way too inconsistent. I think it's too early. I, I don't. I, I, I don't think. I think they've beat a lot of cupcakes. And when they play moderate to really good teams, they falter. Oh, I see what you're saying. I meant I think it's too early for Arsenal in their like trajectory oh, as a club. Okay, you know what okay I mean? we're saying like, the same thing then. Okay. I, I think if Arsenal fans might. I mean, I'm really trying to be objective here, but <laughs> I think Arsenal fans need to like, and I think they kind of are, to be totally honest with you, kind of tempering their expectations. And look at the facts. This team is incredibly young. Right. They've got a young manager. It's okay to not make the top four, obviously for me. But, okay, jokes aside, though, like, it's not going to be a failure if they don't make the top four. Correct. They're going to develop more. And honestly, I would, maybe to a lesser extent, I would honestly throw my team in that discussion, too. I think it's too early to say Spurs are good enough to get that fourth spot. For me, of the course, they have The difference is you have one of the best managers in the world. I think that's not one of the best. That's inarguable. Top three. And you have more talent. 
Yeah, I would say. I mean, you supposedly, supposedly, is yeah, on, doing a lot on of work paper. There. On paper, have a world class striker. It's doing a lot of work, right? I would um, also throw Son and Yoris in world class as well, but that's probably it. But how many Arsenal players would you throw in that discussion? World class, not if Aubameyang is playing not, how he has for a while. Zero. You have a lot of really good players on our Maybe team. Thomas Partey, but he hasn't shown it recently. I mean, ESR has been really good this season. I mean, they have young talent. Sokka's like Sokka has been great, but he's not. They're not world class. I think yet. Odegaard is starting to pick up. Sure, but, but not yeah. a world. Yeah. So I, I just think they're a little off the pace where you can make the case. Obviously, for United, I think for Tottenham. See, United is one that holds holds all the keys. To oh me. yeah, because look, it hasn't been good this year. This season so far, but they're you don't three know, points off of third, right. fourth, though. You, you know? don't know what you're going to get from Ragnick. It could really like go sideways real fast. But even with all those considerations, they're still in it. They're still really close. That team is ridiculously talented, and uh, for as good as West Ham has been, and the fact that West Ham are by far the greatest team out of all of those. I mean, they're a true team, top to bottom. They know all know what they're doing. David Moyes working wonders. Is that good enough to get them over the line compared to United's talent? It's possible, but United really has to screw up for that to happen in my eyes. Whereas I wouldn't expect Spurs and Spurs and Arsenal have to really overachieve. Whereas United could sort of stumble their way across the finish line and with their talent still get over the line. If I had to rank the teams uh, in order of what I think as of today, match week 15... I would say United probably have the odds favorite to finish fourth. Yeah. If we're just talking about odds, not what I think is going to happen. Yep. I would say West Ham would be number two. Yep. Followed by Tottenham number three. Arsenal fourth and Leicester, if we're including them in this discussion, is fifth. So Spurs can make the Europa League? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, baby steps from the Conference League to the Europa League into... Maybe the Champions League. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. What did I rate? So Arsenal or Arsenal would be seventh. So you know, graduating from no Europa competition to the Conference League next season for Arsenal. There we go. So, Bravo, babies. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I think uh, Spurs' game is called off tomorrow for the Conference League, right? We That's right. This. Well, yeah, they, which have, is, they have some stuff going on at Spurs. It's kind of a situation. Um, some real not so nice tit for tats going on between the clubs, which is really interesting. I didn't think we'd talk about it in this pod, but yeah, the game's called off tomorrow. It's kind of a situation because it's the last match week of all the European games. Um, Spurs and the team from the Netherlands, Vitesse or whatever, like <laughs> vying to get into the knockout rounds, but. Long story short, Spurs have 13 positive cases. That's bad. Uh, eight in the first team, uh, five of the coaches, a bunch of the youth players. Uh, every single day, there's been a new um, positive case, and they actually closed the training ground this morning. So it's kind of a developing situation. I think this is going to be a thing that will affect not just Thursday's game, but I, to be totally honest, you expect, the a game on Sunday, I think, against Brighton to be called off. Mm-hmm. Maybe even the game next Thursday against Leicester. Speaking of Leicester, by the way, also have their COVID issues. I think they have seven players out. So with the Omicron variant kind of going around, and I'm not really sure how many of these players are vaccinated. Um, yeah, we haven't seen this kind of thing since I think it happened to, what, Aston Villa last year, last season? 
Right. So, um, yeah, kind of a situation. Uh, Spurs about to have a ton of games in hand because that, you know, I think match week 13, which we missed, they had a game postponed against Burnley in the snow. So, right. All these games are starting to drop like flies. And, uh, you know, this next month has a crazy, crazy, crazy fixture list. So, say for the sake of argument, the next two matches for Tottenham get postponed. Yep. They have the crazy fixture uh, period, and obviously this is a pretty, I would say, condensed season in general because they're trying to end. We started the season with a short break from the Euros, and then we have the season, and then they're wanting to end slightly early to make sure they can start the next season a little early because then we have the World Cup midseason, if you forget. What a mess. So it's a pretty condensed season, so by postponing Three matches, including the Burnley match, you're just going to force more congestion down the line. Yeah, and so that's going to be really, really tough for Spurs. I think. Oh, I mean, with their squad rotation, and remember, they're not deep at certain positions. A la striker, as you know well, um, where nope. they're forced to play Kane in some of these Conference League games. Not only that, joke. but like wide attackers too. They're also yeah. very, very light. It's just they literally don't have a second striker. But look, it's tough. Um, and then that like back and forth with the clubs I was talking about, uh, Ren, the team they're playing who won the group uh-huh. from France, actually hit back at Spurs and said the game is not postponed, which I think from a P- you know, PR is my industry. I feel like that's a bad PR move from I mean, Ren, but whatever. That it's their decision. But uh at this point, I think I speak for a lot of Spurs fans when I say I would probably rather just forfeit and literally drop out of the conference league. Sure, it'd be embarrassing, but it's embarrassing being in it in the first place. Honestly, who's gonna remember? And and where where are these? Where are they gonna organize these fixtures? Apparently, it would have to be scheduled before the end of the month. There is no way with the Premier League fixture congestion. No way. So here's here's uh, Tottenham's fixture list. So the Sunday, not including the Ren, you play Brighton, probably canceled. Yep. Next Thursday, Leicester. Sunday. Liverpool, Wednesday, West Ham. That's not a good stretch, by the way. Nope. Which is a Carabao Cup game. Remember that. So maybe you postpone that. I don't know. For the Ren game. So Wednesday, West Ham. Sunday, Palace. Tuesday, Southampton. So those stupid-ass 48-hour kill-your-players move. The Boxing Day schedule. Is it? Yep, yep, yep. Um, and then, so Sunday, Tuesday, and then... I believe Saturday or Sunday. So it's brutal. Only the Premier League does this sort of thing this time of year. And I think all the fans love it. Oh, but the fans as, love as a, Day. Yeah. as a player or as a manager, I would hate it. Oh, yeah. I would despise it. I mean, you almost have to either the the Boxing Day or the fixture right after it. You have to play like almost a turned over squad besides Rigoli. Yeah. It's wild. And I love the Boxing Day matches. They're some of my favorites and the New Year's Day ones. But... As a player, having 48 hours of rest, that's ridiculous. And with a squad with only literally one striker, which is, again, such a failure on the board for Spurs. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And it seemed like Leicester has, you know, COVID issues too. They're on bad form, a lot of injuries. Oh, like Leicester. I, I feel for them also. And uh, it's just, God. Leicester have not had a good year. And they're in 11, so you could say, like, oh, Leicester, that's a da- if that's a down year, they're Obviously, Leicester are fine, right? Like, they're not going to get relegated or anything. But 
it's been disappointing. I mean, you've seen Vardy in and out of the lineup can find consistency with Potts and Daka, who started the most recent match. Their defense has been an issue all season oh, uh, with Soyonchu, who actually didn't play that bad last game, but like they've given up 27 goals this season, which is one of the worst in the Premier League behind Watford and Newcastle and Norwich, and, I believe. So, and and it wasn't just it, like let's take their last game for example, uh, last weekend against Aston Villa, two mm-hmm. one loss. Yeah. Both of their goals conceded from corners. Yeah. They just seem so, so, so poor in the air from set pieces. And I just, it makes me question why that's happening. All I know, and maybe this is unfair, Brendan Rodgers' Liverpool team struggled with set pieces defensively and defensively in general. Leicester hasn't really been the issue with Brendan Rodgers. I think he's learned a lot. But I do sort of fear which direction this could head for Leicester. But ultimately, I feel like this is mostly because that Fofana injury is really bad. You know, Ricardo Pereira is still coming back to full fitness from his long-term injury. I think James Justin had a long-term injury last season. He's going to be back soon, by the way. You know, and so I I think it's going to be okay generally, but yeah, it's tough. And I think there's always going to be a growing out period of when Vardy, you know, Vardy's game is so based on pace. It's amazing he can still do what he does. Right. But as good as Iheanacho and Daka are, there is always going to be some growing pains. Absolutely. You know? so. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with Leicester. I, I would say they're absolute bottom of Tier 2 or near yeah. the top of Tier 3. And so if we get into Tier 3 now, of those teams and where they're at at the table, you have the teams like Wolves who have, you know, not scored and not given up any goals all season. Decent though. They they play good stuff. They have 12 goals on the season and six wins. That's pretty unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, You don't associate Bruno Lodge, their manager with being defensively sound. I mean, they, they've had plenty of chances. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You don't see, when you watch them, you don't think of them as a, like defensive park the team, bus team at not all. at all like they're much more attacking than they were under nuno they're just not putting the thing in the damn net yeah uh so you have brighton in there who you know brighton fans booing their manager we'll get yeah i mean <laughs> uh, that's crazy aston villa potentially i mean we just talked about Leicester, so we won't hey three wins out of four for steven gerrard though yeah did we talk about we did talk we about have, we said he's man, yeah but we haven't yeah. talked really about his games hey, man Yep. So Wolves, Brighton, Villa, I would throw Everton in there as a Tier 3 team. Yeah. And I'd throw Crystal Palace in there, even though they're lower in the table. I'd say they're a Tier 3, middle table team. Yeah. With how they're playing. I mean, they're they're sitting 14th, but I think they'll finish. Like the up. threat is there to be dragged into relegation, but from what we've seen and the quality of the play. I think it's a higher chance they finish 10th than they'll get right 16th. I could see them even growing more than yeah. what we've seen too. So. so I would say those are the five teams. Um of all those five teams that I mentioned, what is the team that could push, in your opinion? And I know we're you know a little over on time, so we'll get we'll just ask this one question here. But of the Wolves, Brighton, Villa, Everton, Palace, what is the one team out of those five that you think could push the top seven? Wolves, Brighton, Villa, Everton, Palace. That's uh oh god, that's tough. That's really tough. You know, I'm gonna say. I think the talent is there for Everton, but I can't figure out what's there. So hit and miss. And I know they've had 
and injuries. He's back now, but he was out for a while. DCL's been out since what September? Like all basically been out all almost season. all season. Yeah. So they haven't had their true and their best striker out there. So I'm I'm tempted to think about Everton. I'm tempted to think about um uh Aston Villa because of their quality, but I think we're still trying to figure out what Gerard's gonna do with this team. Um I think it seems like it'll be a good hire though. But for me, I would say Wolves. Uh but I don't see them pushing into that second tier though. But I think they have the quality and I think the goals could come. Um but I think they need another striker, man. Yeah. Like a true striker, because I think Huang is more of a wide He's more strike. I'm, it's uh, he. He's an interesting player. I like him a lot. What do you say? You would. I mean, not because like I don't know if he's a true out wide, but like maybe he's more like a Mason Greenwood, like where he yeah. can play striker, but he's out wide, like a second striker. Yeah. Press me for when Salzburg was pushing Liverpool the limits when they had Holland. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was so weird that Liverpool went for Minamino because Huang is the other one who stood out right. to me, and he was a striker, but kind of behind Holland, but not too wide. So he's an interesting player, positionally somewhat similar to Son, but I think he's more he's stronger, totally different kind of player. It's different, yeah. Um so I would say Wolves and you know if Trier can ever start scoring, you never know. <laughs> or Trin- playing. Trincao right. is a young player, a lot of talent. Uh, so there there are tools there. Yeah, I think a Wolves' pick is a good pick. I watch out for Villa as well. Maybe yeah. Steven Gerrard can get a little bit. I don't know. I mean, he turned around a Rangers club who hadn't won in a long time due to some financial um, issues off the pitch and et cetera, but he stabilized that club. But they've got, like, Leon they, Bailey. But they, I was going to say they have a lot of talent. Buendia is still getting he's into it. He's had some better bit. games, but hit and miss. Danny Ings is, you know, yeah. doing the Danny Ings things where he's really good and then gets injured. So. You know, I think I think John McGinn maybe didn't play as well last season because he, like, had a really bad injury the season before, but he's looked great ollie watkins can we say him ollie watkins good player yeah did you mention danny ings yeah 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 yeah. if he can ever stay stay healthy yeah yeah yeah. um so that's the team i'd watch for i'd say those two though but i mean brighton's gonna be fun all those teams are gonna be fine that's why they're tier three tier four is where it gets interesting though and i would call this the bottom of the table slash relegation fodder we're dumping them all into because it's boring if we put norwich in their own tier so we got to throw them into (laughs) tier four so these are the teams like Brentford, even though I call them good and probably safe. You never know. Told, They're tier four. I They're, told you, man. I, 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 I don't do the I told you. Still don't agree. So Brentford leads that they should not be in tier four, but they are. Yep. Southampton, Watford, Burnley, Newcastle, Norwich. It's a it's a big fat tier. Yep. What, it's like 13 to 20, something like that? Uh, so, yeah, we skip Palace, but there are seven teams. In, okay. So give me the team that you think is absolutely safe from those. So Brentford, Leeds, Southampton, Watford, Burnley, Newcastle, Norwich. And give me the team that you think is absolutely done, if there is one. Brentford, Leeds, Southampton, Watford, Burnley, Newcastle, Norwich. Yeah. Oh. What team's absolutely safe? Dude, uh, my... And I don't mean to sit on the fence with this, but I think none of them <laughs> are totally safe. I want to say Brentford because they've impressed me. They're a breath of fresh air. I love the manager. I love the team ethos. But I've been telling you, like, for how well they've played, they're pretty low on the table, and you've seen their performances drop off. I hope I'm wrong again because I'm liking Brentford a lot. 
Leeds has the quality and the managers that they so shouldn't should be, be down safe. there. But yeah. uh, Bielsa's teams throughout his history are known to fizzle out. And they haven't I'm scored kind of, a lot this I, season. But Bamford has been out. Yeah. So I think if I was going to pick one, I would pick Leeds. Okay. Because I think Bamford being back, I can't believe I'm saying Bamford, an important Premier League player. It's crazy. <laughs> when I had a, like a billion loans and looks terrible on all of them. and But he's, you know, he's an important player for them. And uh, so I would say Leeds, but I fear them fizzling out. The rest, though, the level of quality for that bottom five, Southampton, Wofford, Burnley, Newcastle, Norwich. You know, in Newcastle, it could change, but I would not expect it to change in just the January transfer window with all their chic money. So know? is there one team out of that that you think is absolutely just donezo, put them in the championship next season? And I will say, I, before you say Norwich, they have been better. <laughs> Since Dean Smith took over, where so much better, in yeah. fact, that they've I think have six points since he started, and they are tied and only three points out of safety. But it's continue true. by relegating Norwich right now. Norwich is ten, <laughs> Norwich is ten points. Newcastle ten. Burnley ten. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, but Norwich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say though, Dean Smith is the perfect manager for that situation. Even if he they get relegated. I want Dean Smith doing recruiting with Norwich's system in the championship, and I think they would probably get promoted. Oh, the, the, I mean, top 24 club. How many times have we? Seriously. I mean, ultimate yo-yo, but at least with Dean Smith, they could appear going out fighting longer than maybe they would have. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe they'll last a week 34 instead of week, like, 25. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I thought it was harsh to sack Daniel Farkey, but... Um, Hey, they stumbled into a good situation with with Dean Smith because I, I do not think he was fired at Villa before Farco was fired for Norwich, so they mm. lucked out. So yeah, that's the table. I think I agree. Uh, I would probably say Brentford is safe. Um, Leeds is. I think Leeds. I think both of those teams will be safe, and then I think Norwich is absolute relegation fodder. Like just feed them to the birds. And so, then- so who would you pick to get relegated? Norwich for sure. What what other two? Like what oh, if I had to pick three, zone based on what you've seen so far this season, I'd after. pick Watford. Yeah, even though they're safe right now, I would pick Watford to get relegated and Ranieri to get sacked this season. Poor guy. Um, third is hard. Yep. I think I would put Burnley. Burnley, finally, the year where they're going to go down. I think I would put Burnley, and I don't. Feel because I was debating Southampton and Newcastle very closely. This, this is the thing with Burnley, though. Always. They, they're always quality-wise. They're, quali- they're, they're right there. at the bottom. They can't score goals. They have one win in 14. And yes, they do have a game in hand. But I just don't have the confidence that it's, they can score. It's honestly. the Sean, Sean Deitch effect, though. By the way, when they got that game was canceled against Spurs, you see him stroll out with his fucking dress shirt and nothing else on no the field i didn't see that no i was this guy so i've That's... seen crazy snow games like is there a level of inches or i guess centimeter i know i don't know centimeters Justin, this, that it you gets watch, canceled you watch Bundesliga. if that happened in germany would that game have been canceled oh, no way exactly exactly <laughs> so strange but of course the the German league gets an absolute zero respect with Lewandowski not winning the ballon d'Or. oh but, you know. it's criminal and I'm Although a big messy, mess, I'm a big messy fan. Those messy stats, I they did kind of make me think in a different light in a struggling Barca team, but still Lewandowski deserved that. 
I mean, I mean, Messi even said it was a speech, like if it was last year, I mean, it wasn't even close. And I, that's probably part of the equation. What I'm thinking is that the last two years he's been by far, I think the best player. Yeah. But you know, well, that's kind of the lay of the land. I mean, we have four, I think, distinct tiers. Tier one, by far and away the best. Tier two and three, you could add some blending, but two's going to be the one to watch, I think. There's so many teams in there, five, four to five teams. They could all finish fourth, all have their big weaknesses and pros and et cetera. And we didn't... The one thing I will say in West Ham before we leave is that they have a big center back problem now. Uh, was it Agbana or someone else that's out for the year? Really? Uh, oh, I didn't it? know this. Um, which player is it? Um, yeah, so they're going to have to dip in. Moya says they need to dip into the, the January transfer market um, to find some defenders because they're pretty low. So, hmm. yeah, yeah, so I guess I guess they uh, their center backs starting the season, they've had Ogbana, Zuma. I don't know if they have that. Uh, Dawson. That's true. Yep. Um, they had this Paraguayan Diop? guy. I don't know no. if he's there. Oh, yeah. Diop too injury update on kurt zuma oh zuma out too or was that the guy that got injured kurt zuma in uh hamstring injury uh yeah he was he was taken off in this chelsea game seems like a low-grade injury though okay but i think Ogbana's out yeah um yeah Ogbana's out for the season yes wow and then oh, Zuma will be back in January. So like they have they have some big defender problems right now. Dang. Okay. Well, very unlike West Ham, because they usually don't recruit well, they've recruited really well this last two years. Yeah, I mean they're in the Champions League fight, Europa League for sure. And so what if they draw Barca? Oh man. <laughs> I wanna <laughs> I wanna see that actually. I mean, who do you think's better right now? Oh no. I mean, Barca is such a work in progress as a team. You probably, oh god, I don't know. You kind of, you're kind of baited into saying West Ham a little yeah, bit. Yeah, totally. Which, as a Spurs fan, hurts me to say because I can't, I can't be having none of that. But. Barca's bad right now. I mean, I know they. I mean, not to, we're an EPL podcast, but just real quick, like Xavi is. Exp- some Barca fans think he's the Messiah and he's going to come in and fix everything. That's not the case. Ballsy hire. And it'll take time. I mean, he's like, I mean, he managed in Cutter, right? But like, it's it's a little different. Just a little. Was it Cutter or UAE? He was managing in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And, you know, coming over here is, it's a, you know, one of the biggest clubs in the world. They don't have a great squad. I mean, I don't think Kuman was the answer by any stretch, but like, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to take a little bit. And it's going to be a struggle to even make Champions League this year for Barca. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. So, honestly. Anyways, we'll see what happens. I mean, all four Premier League clubs, the round in the Champions League. So you have City, uh, Liverpool, United, and Chelsea all qualify. The draw, I believe, is Friday, so we'll find out what happens there. Europa League, it sounds like Leicester, especially with all the COVID issues now. I think they have to beat Napoli yeah, or get a positive result. I think result. they have to win. Um, let me There's see. seven COVID cases against a team like Napoli. Well, it's gonna be It's going to be tough. West Ham are already through. West Ham's through. Um, so Spurs and Leicester had to win on the last day. Uh, Spurs, I think, honest to be totally honest with you, Justin, I think I don't think UEFA actually canceled that game. So I think Spurs are going to forfeit literally and actually be done with wow. conference. So here's the deal with Leicester: if it, if they're if they if Spartak 
Then Legia Warzah draw, they're through. Um, if they lose to Napoli, they could be out. So a draw, really, Leicester needs to be safe. Positive result. Yeah. And some other results that fall their way. Yeah, I mean, if the other two is to draw, they're probably through anyway. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, As a Leicester somewhat fan, yeah. do you want them to keep going in Europa League? I'm a bad, I don't know, I'm a bad fan where I really don't give a shit about the Europa League. <laughs> I don't know, that's probably not fair. But that's like any club, like if I was a Spurs, like when the Spurs, when Spurs have been in the Europa League, do you really care that much versus the EPL? Not as much, but I actually, I, I don't know, I've always thought Europa League is interesting. It it's is interesting. It's a trophy they should go for Oh, once you get to the knockout stages and like, I think there's some like 16. I think there are some sneaky good teams. Oh, for sure there are. I mean, Napoli is a good team. And Leicester's group, you're going to have, you're going to have Sevilla drop back down again. You're going to have Sevilla drop down and win it, probably. (laughs) You're going to have Barca drop down. Yeah. You're going to have Dortmund drop down. Uh huh. These are some big clubs. And I know Dortmund has not been good in the Champions League this season, but they're second in the Bundesliga for a reason and took Bayern to the brink. Um, is Leipzig going to go down there? Leipzig's going down there. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's some good teams dropping down exactly. to the Europa. Exactly. So, that's Villarreal. Is Villarreal dropping Maybe down? Maybe they went through with you. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. That's a good thing to check. Let's check anyway, that Anyway, like even long story short, just Europa League. But I see your point because at this when it gets to this stage, especially when your team has injuries, the, the old Europa League discussion is like, you know, do you take it seriously because that takes away from the Premier League? Right. And that has always been the case with Spurs. It's always been a hindrance. So, especially when you got injury problems like, like Leicester. Villarreal is moving on. Atalanta is moving down, surprisingly. Another good That's team. That's a good team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Atalanta, Sevilla, Zenit. Zenit isn't to be sniffed at. Barca, Sheriff, Sheriff the, whatever. Interesting Dortmund, story. Porto is oh, a good. Leipzig. I mean, those are some All good those. teams yeah. going down. To the- yep. And then you've, of course, got your Napoli's. You've got your... Uh, I mean, obviously West Ham. Yeah, I think there's a good Spanish team in there. There are good teams in Europe. Like- Probably Batiste, maybe. I don't yep. know. Yeah, Sociedad. I think Sociedad. Yep. Um, but yeah, David Silva, remember him? Oh, yeah, remember him. Yeah, so they're a good team. Leon's decent. Um, yeah, so anyways, good teams in there. We'll see what happens, but we're on the, fe- we're on the festive period. We're starting. Yeah. We're going. We're going to have some frequent podcasts. Kyle, you're going to be in San Antonio. That's right. It's yeah, for I think until New Year's, right? It's the nicest time of year. Yeah, I mean, it's been really rainy here in Seattle. Yeah, it's been awful. So for all our listeners in Nigeria, from September <laughs> to January, and even February in the Seattle area, it's pretty terrible. It rains every day. It's Especially this year, it's cold. Um, what, like 5 to 10 Celsius, maybe, during the day? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah I'm trying to... We're not a big Celsius. We're not big Celsius users over here. Yeah, we're stupid, but... That's about right, though, 5 to 10. So, so it's yeah. pretty terrible. So, Kyle, you'll be able to escape down to yep. San Antonio and be a little little bit warmer. I can't imagine it's that warm there, but it's better than here, for it, sure. It, it, sometimes. I've had a 70-degree seventy, degree, 70 degree summer, uh, 
Christmas down there, oh, but well, it gets cold go. also. So yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, games on literally every weekend, midweek and midweek weekend. Then I think it goes. And the then next I think it's weekend. FA Cup, FA Cup, yes. and then weekend. And then it gets to the post Christmas crazy, which yeah. is like a game every three days. I mean, it basically is, is already with the yeah. FA Cup. So or Carabao, it's Carabao. Expect, expect more COVID outbreaks too. Yeah. Seriously, it seems like that's going to happen. It's just man, what a it's going to be hard to sort of see hard to keep up. But we'll be here for you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this will be the last in person one until the new year for sure. But uh, we will be here for you, breaking down the latest news and table and etc. Uh, so make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts become, because they will be coming thick and furious during the festive period. We'll For, try to make them shorter, too. We'll make them a shorter. I mean, they have to be. We don't have yeah. all this time. Nope. <laughs> we all got. So for Kyle, I'm Justin. We will see you a lot during the festive period, breaking down some actual games because we didn't get to do that today. So we'll break down some games and what's happening and the match flows. But until next week, guys, stay safe and enjoy holiday shopping.